1: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
2: Brunson with the dribble. On Clay Thompson takes him to the elbow. Now drives, cut off, wrapped up by Clay. Gets it back. Shoots a little fadeaway. Lands with a thud. Ball knocked away. Looney tipped it to Moody. Tavon uh, Looney is having maybe his best game as a pro. A double double, 21 points and 10 rebounds. Screens for pool here, takes a dribble, pool for three. Got it! 97 92, Dallas calls time! Now back to 95 7, the game. There you have it, Warrior fans. I know we can always talk about the big three. But you're getting production from so many different guys, and that highlight is the perfect example to get us into our number four with Dan Devone and me, Jim Cozemore, here on 95.7 The Game. And, yes, we do have the game tonight. They tip at 6, but you want to keep it locked and loaded at 95.7 The Game all day long. Dan and I done it at 1. Kyle and Whitey come in at that point. Official pregame show starts at 4.30 this afternoon, and then they tip it at 6 o'clock. So there's only one place to go for the best dubs conversation in the bay and that's right here and use the odyssey app also. Thank you for those of you listening all around the United States of America. We do appreciate those ears and keep it locked and loaded here as well. Um I I would anticipate <clears throat> excuse me, I would anticipate that for the Golden State Warriors, you'll continue to hear those I call them ancillary guys, supporting cast guys. That's the thing about this team. I don't think they need to rely on just Two of the big three to score every game. No, it is such
3: a complete team, and it's so it's so deep. We haven't even mentioned Otto Porter. We haven't really got to the bench. But how about Kavon Looney? Because Coach, how often, you know, do people when they're talking about it, handicapping the Golden State Warriors saying, okay, it's a good team, but the one thing that you're missing is you don't have that proverbial big. Like all year long, the one area of concern is that you guys are doubling down on small. Draymond Green, that's gonna be your five. And I think the Warriors admitted as much. Like, where's our Jaja Pachulia? Where's our Andrew Bogut? I don't know. Maybe we'll win a title, but it's going to be a challenge because we did not go out and either get that guy or James Weissman didn't work out, and obviously the jury's still out on him. But I would say maybe because of the emergence of, of Kavon Looney, they're just fine. Do you I, still see this as a void when you look at this team?
2: No, I don't think it, there is a void here, and I think people who believe there's that void, Dan, are viewing it through the prism of 10 and 12 years ago in the NBA. The game is continuing to morph and change. The thing is, this is the team. We should know better. This is the team that started to morph and change the game of NBA basketball. And now it's moved a little bit more so that there is no center, power forward, small forward, big guard, little guard. They're getting to be five players, interchangeable parts on the floor. And I think that this team does it better than any other team. It's not like Dallas has that proverbial big no. who's going to change your world. The game is changing right now. You're not going to find the seven. They're, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ain't walking through that door for any team anytime soon.
3: But is there another Memphis that's lurking? And I guess we can take a look a little bit you know, deeper in detail in terms of Miami and or the Boston Celtics. Where, And I think maybe Phoenix could have been that team, but then Phoenix was just the, the biggest disappointment in the history of game sevens played at home. Yep. But there isn't that team lurking where you're like, oh, you know, Memphis has got Jaron Jackson. They got Adams. They got Clark. They got a front line that could beat you up. They're taller than other people. That team doesn't really exist right now. I, unless Boston is – can Boston go big with Hor- Horford and company? I don't think so.
2: Well, let's take some of these teams one by one. Let's start with Phoenix. If you're looking down the road, was Phoenix what they were in the regular season? Phoenix got to the final last year. Great regular season. Self-destruct in the playoffs. Chris Paul's getting older. Let's not kid ourselves. He's not going to be the same guy. He could be a leader, but eventually it catches up. Father time undefeated. DeAndre Ayton, your Arizona guy, is DeAndre Ayton starting to show who he is? He and Monty Williams not getting along. If you don't get good point guard play, and Chris Paul, I think, is a big emotional key for that team. If you don't get that emotional leader again who could play at a high skill level, and Aiton, I'm not going to say he checks out, but Ayton has kind of hit a ceiling. You wonder if Phoenix is going to be the team that can advance that far. Am I being fair to the Phoenix Suns for a team that's had a good two-year run?
3: Oh, yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Yeah. I think it's this is sort of the beginning of the end. That's right. You're reliant. I don't know if he's your best player, but he's certainly one of them on a 37-year-old, soon-to-be 38-year-old guard. No, he just turned 37. I mean, and DeAndre Ayton, they still got to pay him. There's a good chance he's not with that team. We could be witnessing the beginning of the end of that brief Phoenix run, which again, as it gets back to the Golden State Warriors, all the more reason when you recognize what it is that they're doing, a five-year run of five consecutive NBA finals, you take that brief little break and now you're back in it. This doesn't happen, man. Enjoy. Enjoy you know, this.
2: Someone on the text line, I use the Chicago Bulls as an example. They win three with a certain cast. And then after the two-year hiatus, Scotty and Michael are back, and they have a different supporting cast, and they continue to be dominant. And I thought this Warrior team could be the next version of that. Someone brought up the Lakers, in which it was the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. They won three. Yeah. Shaq forces his way out of town. Kobe and Pau Gasol go on to win two more. Is that that the other team that we put into the bracket of Bulls, Warriors could be, are the Lakers in that group? No. You don't
3: think so? No. The Chicago Bulls, yes. And the reason why, I would say, while Kobe's a great centerpiece, Mm -hmm. you don't have that same core. We're talking about a foundation, Scotty and Jordan. The Warriors, they have three guys, right, that are synonymous with winning in the Golden State Warriors. You can include Gwadal. Kobe, granted, might be the greatest player of all time. But it's just one guy. And because you're L.A. and you have the brand – and it's Los Angeles and you have players that want to go there and you have the money that you can spend, it's easy to build that, that team around one guy. We're talking about three dudes that essentially came up together and are, are looking to walk off to the sunset together after winning championships, taking a break, and then winning championships potentially again.
2: Boy, that would be interesting. If they all walked out the door at the same time, this would be an amazing – that would be something unreal to see – Because, listen, this region has had greatness for generations. You look at the 49er greatness. You go back to the A's greatness when they're winning in the early 70s. You go back to, you could say the Warriors won their title in the 70s. That was fine. But the dominance of the 49ers and how great it was. But those guys all eventually left individually, right? Montana wore another jersey. Rice wore another jersey. These guys, to be Golden State Warriors, stem the stern, wearing the uniform, and walking out the door together. And I'm not saying it happens if they win the crown this year. Maybe it's three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, with the way these guys keep their, their bodies so professionally ready. That would be, I, you could argue, because right now, don't you say Montana Rice the greatest? Sure. That run, that could be the greatest group of Bay Area athletes in the history of Bay Area sports. No, there's no doubt.
3: Here's the bigger question, though. I'll make you the GM. This is when things like you have to me, you throw sentimentality (laughs) out the door. You talked about how the the 49ers got rid of guys. One of the things that Bill Walsh, as well as DeBartolo, they used to look at the Steelers. Remember, that was the last dynasty before the 49ers. You're right. And they said, we don't want to get old together because they were so great. But the loyalty with that blue-collar city and Lambert and Bradshaw and Rocky Blyer, they were not getting traded anywhere. They were riding their own ticket. And as a result, they were inconsequential and bad yep. because they got old together. And they didn't get relevant again until, you know, was that Neil Donahue or whatever that guy, Neil O'Donnell came in came You're along, right. And, and yeah. they got good again, but that was, that was decades later. And the 49ers said, listen – we can't have loyalty. We know these guys are great, so they did it with different guys. You know, it was Wendell Tyler, gone Roger Craig. Once it was, you know, Freddie Solomon, gone Dwight Clark. They they issued in different guys. At what point, if you're the GM Jim Cosmore of the Golden State Warriors, do you recognize, oh, no, my core is getting a half step slower? I cannot be loyal and get into sentimentality and get passed over by everybody else in the NBA and go back to being a 500 lottery basketball team. I'm going to
2: say that's a great question. It is. Thank you, Tim. And I will say that this is going to be a diff. I think this answer is, is not going to be what you were looking for, but I think Joe Lacob is a zero sum guy, win or lose. He wants to win, but I, I think in this circumstance, he understands there is one immovable object, and you go to number thirty at some point, and you say, "You make the call. You want to finish a Golden State Warrior? You will finish a Golden State Warrior. You want to finish a Charlotte Hornet? We will a lot, We will make it happen. I think that they will they will give him the courtesy, so there is only one immovable object in that group of three, and so I think Steph Curry calls his shot. Mm. When it comes to Draymond, I think they would be oh, very open to if there's a t- – let's say the Detroit Pistons start to grow as a team with this young talent that they've had for the last couple of years, and in two years they need a veteran to wrangle these guys together. We're ready to make our run. I could see Golden State saying, Detroit, you want them? Fine. We'll take a first-round pick and – Whatever, however salaries match or whatever it is, we'll take some fat salary off your off your deal, and we'll take your first round pick. I think they would be most likely to move Draymond. They try to make it work for him. They're not going to send him to the Sacramento Kings or the Orlando Magic or some woebegone franchise. But I think they would give him the courtesy of sending him closer to home to something that matters. Clay would be the sticking point, point. and I still think that they would say, "Clay, thank you. You will always be a Warrior." But we're moving on. That's my answer. So it's kind of three separate answers. Clay would be the toughest decision. I think Steph is the only one who gets to call a shot.
3: And why I think I agree with you there and why that's so smart is because if you're entrusting Steph, I think Steph is the sort of player and person that would recognize that it's time for me to go. Yeah. He's not going to hang on too long.
2: Nope.
3: He's got too many other things going on. And also, to what it is that we're talking about, he didn't want to do that to his basketball team and or his legacy.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great one because you look at Jordan's legacy. He's a Chicago Bull. You want to be Bull. Namath
3: playing. Where did Namath end? The Rams? How he was with was the that?
2: Rams. Was he with the Chargers for a while? Well, he was with the Rams. I remember him on a, on uh, running the ball in once. He could barely run. His knees were so bad. Namath was wearing that Rams uniform. It just it wasn't working. And, and that's the point I was going to make on Michael Jordan. He's a Chicago Bull. He will always be a Chicago Bull and always one of the greatest, if not the greatest to ever play the game. Finished his career in a Washington Wizards uniform. <laughs> Right, that's a bad look. Joe Montana threw his last pass with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not nothing against the Chiefs, but Joe Montana is a 49er, and I know a lot of 49er fans who were tweaked when the Niners and Chiefs played in the Super Bowl. And Montana tweets out the half Charger half Niner jersey. Niner fans are like, wait a minute, you're a cup of coffee over there, kind of like you with the A's Giants hat. Dude, I'm, I am whipping that thing out the next A's Giants series. I am whipping that thing out. I am. I am gonna tweet pictures out all day. I'm, it's a win. It's a win. You know it's a win. Dude, it's just like in the series. The Giants took game one. A's won game two. I'm split out. Split series. Split I'm cap, out. split series. I don't know
3: about the split out, Jim.
2: No, I'm just telling you. You can get on board now or you can get on board later. I'm out. I'm <laughs> out. You want to take some of these guys? I've been... Yeah, let's do it. Ready? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's the phone number. You can use it. It's the text line you've been using at Xfinity Mobile text line, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Adam is in San Francisco. Adam, you're first up in the 12 o'clock hour. Devon and Coe's on 95.7 The Game.
0: Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, uh, happy game day. Um I just wanted to get your guys' opinion about Moses Moody and maybe his playing time moving forward. I I mean, I have nothing against Dealey, obviously. Personally, Damian Lee, that is, but it's like the man does not help us on the court. He turns the ball over. He can't hit a shot, and he and he's a liability on defense, whereas I think Moses Moody, and you know he played some really crutch, or clutch fourth quarter minutes the other night, had played great and you know he only had one bucket but he i think can do everything that damian lee wants to do and more so so curious what you guys think about him
3: what's up
2: nothing uh our producer is uh working his magic in the back uh over there i'm sorry i'm not i'm not bashing the 15th guy off the bench no, that's come on
3: well he's like the seventh in the rotation brian i don't know what game you're watching Damian Lee?
0: Damien Lee's usually. When Andre Gadala, Gary Payton are back and healthy, oh, I, yeah. but Damien Lee's right not going to be But they're
3: not. He's he's starting the second quarter. But but thank you, Tony Soprano.
2: Let me give you my th- – this is my view on Warrior Fan. Because we I was saying before we went to break, listen, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid. Right? We want the Warriors to go as far as they can do. We want them to win a championship. I want seven games. Other people want them to get it over with, the whole thing, because you can't take the, the the angst. I want the angst is what I want. But Warrior fans are also realistic. You look at the text line. We were talking about Draymond Green and how he can be a problem sometimes, and guy tweets in, you know what? He's a problem to me, but you know what is a bigger problem? Steph's turnovers. <laughs> Not many places are willing to take shots at the biggest star that they have in the galaxy. And Warrior fans do keep it real, Dan. I know that there are a lot of people, hey, we're Warriors, we're going to win it all. They do keep it real after a while. They'll, you'll hear it about Draymond. I'm sick and tired of Draymond. Sick and tired of his stuff. I th- I got to give credit to Warrior fans. They keep it real very often. Well, and it's easy to go after Steph when it comes to
3: turnovers. Because I think this gets back to this is the way champions are wired. This is the way a certain player is wired. And you have to live with this part of him because I think a part of the way they play basketball, that freestyle, is they live on that razor's edge of, you know, they'll throw a cross-court pass to hit a guy. I mean, that's just – and
2: sometimes it looks good, and other times those turnovers – I mean, listen, turnovers are up, but possessions and shot attempts are up. You know, I remember working with Rick Adelman, former Warrior coach. And we talked about turnovers in games at one point. He goes, you want to stop turnovers? You want to lower our turnovers? Well, I'll slow the game down. We'll have fewer shot attempts, fewer trips up the court. I mean, yeah. it's just by, just by average, you're gonna, your number's going to go down. We play at a certain pace because of the talent we have. We live with those giveaways. Because we play faster than other teams – we have more opportunities. We're going to naturally have more turnovers. And so that's the way I look at the Golden State Warriors. Yes, some of the passes are frustrating. Yes, you're wondering what's going on. Yes, you can blame Tim Hardaway Jr. for wearing a white T-shirt on the sideline jumping around and maybe it ends up being an Aaron Pass going his way in a turnover on Steph Curry. But the difference is they play well when they play at a higher pace.
3: I agree with that. I guess the one, the one area... The caveat I'd throw out there is that when you're trying to push the ball and the mistakes happen, sometimes, and maybe this is just optics, when you see Steph and he's dribbling and dribbling excessively and or throws a pass that he doesn't need to. You know what I love Steph sometimes, and he'll do this when he's getting the ball out on the break and he just throws a beautiful, and I, you know, I coach at the boys and girls club that two-handed chest pass or a two-handed pass. bounce
2: pass. Love that pass. It's
3: so crisp and direct. More often than not, what you see from Steph, and again, not knocking the dude, but when he's on the dribble and with one hand, he throws a pass, cross court, it gets picked off. That, regardless of who you are, is gonna drive fans nuts.
2: Yep, from the 415. It's because Steph makes three dumb turnovers per game from the 510. Clay looking slower out there on defense. This is a team two wins <laughs> away from getting to the finals, and the fans are keeping it real with their club. You know what? We know that you guys won some championships. You've had a good run, but hey, Clay, let's pick it up on the defensive end. I, You know what? How many markets do that? You go to Chicago right now, and if they're having a run like this, oh, my goodness, are you kidding? Kids are getting named. There, How many kids are named Stefan in, your, in school today? I, in Chicago, I think every third kid was named Jordan, boy or girl. <laughs>
3: You'll see. I, I don't know. Sometimes hometown fans can be the biggest critics. Because it's just they—they live in that sense of trepidation, right? That there's always this fear that we're not going to win it.
2: That's good, and I—but I—I give them credit for trying to have a discerning eye and not just go into it as a we're better than them. It's just going to be over. I don't like if they went in four. I'm going to be very disappointed. I think it's going to be in four, but I—and so I think I'm leading to a disappointment. But I think it's going to be very disappointing.
3: So Bear fans are sort of like another SNL skit, which is a continuing theme here this afternoon with and Devone. Sort of like, uh, was it George Wentz, the guy from Cheers, the guys that would do the Bears, the Bears. Super fans. Yeah. Chicago super fans. The Bears are going to win. The Bears. They're going to win us. 175 to nothing. (laughs) Is it Big
2: Dicka or Mini Dicka? Which (laughs) Dicka is coming to this thing? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that skit a few times. I've seen that skit. Played out in real life in bars in Chicago, <laughs> not necessarily on SNL. Those people do exist, right? They still dress as Ditka if you go to a Bears game. Listen, I'm gonna, and everyone knows this already because I think it's already sold out. That weekend in September, that weekend I think it's September 10th weekend when the Giants have a three game series with the Cubs and the Niners open the NFL season at Soldier Field against the Bears. That is heaven for San Francisco sports fan. If you haven't looked into getting there for that weekend, then you're, you've lost out because I think everyone has already made their play to get a hotel room, to get tickets to see the Cubs, to get tickets to see the Bears. That's what that, that's going to be the big weekend, and you will run into every super fan in Chicago no matter where you go. <laughs> They're still saying, the Bears, you're going to go to the game at Soldier Field, and there will be two guys dressed as Ditka and another six guys dressed as the Blues Brothers. That's what that crowd uh. is. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Hey Jake, hey Elwood, I'm telling you, it's what you're going to see in the parking lot.
3: That's uh, that's. What about the Super? Can they still bust out the Super Bowl Shuffle? Can somebody give me verbatim, word for word, of the Super Bowl Shuffle? You think how many of the fans I out at Soldier Field could I?
2: Oh, uh, if they played it, if they played the Super Bowl Shuffle, and that was 85, you would get. I bet you would easily get a quarter of the stadium being able to sing that song that's and dance. It, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's the beauty of Chicago, man. It's, yeah. I'm not knocking San Francisco, but Chicago's old, and you people stay there. You yeah. eat your Italian Sandys, yep. and you hang out there. Sh- San Francisco can be really transient. I graduated. I'm going to go h- hang out in the city for a couple of years, and most people can't afford to live here anymore. Chicagoans, you live and you die by the loop, near the loop in yep. your neighborhood, and you call it a life.
2: Yep. We are the Bears, the shuffling crew, shuffling on down and doing it for you. Oh, no. No. And he's not we're reading this. So people. We're so bad. We know we're good. Something in on, your something, neighborhood. In your neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> See? Thank you. Thank you. I would be in the quarter of the fans that would be singing the song. Give me Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, welcome in.
3: Oh, we, we got we got music from oh, Mitch these days. Let's do it. We do a little Sopranos. Although we start... Brian likes to start at the very like beginning of the piano playing here.
2: Man, I mean, this is the early intro in the yeah, organ. Yeah, this
3: is like lyrics will be in about you know three and a half minutes
2: <laughs> i love this this is a great lead in right. we're good now we can go to our man mitch you're the uh, how many callers have their own lead in music
0: <laughs> thanks again, guys
2: how we doing doing great my friend i hope you're doing well how's jersey
0: yeah i'm i'm trying to find out to turn off the way i found i'm looking for the put inside uh a Navi. I can't find it. It was here last year. But anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, I like the way was playing. I hope they can keep him. He's like a younger version of uh, Draymond Green. And he, he's a Hall of Famer too, Draymond Green. I'm not a big fan of him, but like the three guys you mentioned with the Bulls. Yep. Uh Warriors got three guys to keep him sitting until they retire, stay together. And one more thing, you were talking about all the greats in San Francisco. You forgot to run D M C. They just didn't get a ring. Sometimes it's a
2: little bit overrated sometimes. Run TMC? I loved Run TMC. Yeah, you're,
0: you're Chris Mullen. Uh, uh, Chris Mullen, uh, Mitchell.
2: Mitch, Mitchell, Mitchell, Tim, and then, uh, Chris. That was a show. That was a show. I loved watching those guys. Are you kidding me? Play them out, Brian. Small, small ball. Thanks, Mitch. See you, buddy. Yes. You know, Nelly was ahead of his time with that, by the oh, way. Yeah. And he, Mitch is right. They played small ball before small ball was cool. And they used to have – they would create mismatches. Uh, the late Mark Eaton was on the Jazz. I think they would have I – sh- I should ask him all this the next time I see him. Remember, hmm. remember Mark Eaton, 7'4"?
3: You know how he was, I think I told you this, how he was discovered. No. Oh, you did him? tell me this story. So he was working on his car. He used to work on cars. <laughs> he was under, right. the, under his rig, under his car, and somebody saw his boot, like a size 16 <laughs> boot. More and story
0: like, time with Dan Devone. No, exactly.
3: and honestly, like, who is this dude? And then he comes wheeling out and he happens to be seven feet four. But initially they saw like this this boot that was
2: like size eighteen. You know what? If he starts wheeling out from under the car and that thing is just keeps going and going, and it's it's like you think it's a you think it's a skit. You think it's not real, right? He just because they keep pulling seven foot four out from underneath the car. He's oh longer God. than the car. If he's like if he's doing it uh is it perpendicular to? He's like sliding out the other end of the car. <laughs> he's he's so huge.
3: What? We were talking to him last year because he just must he just passed away just is that passed right? in a yeah.
2: tragic bike accident. Oh, is that right? So a lot of NBA stars, seven footers. Bike as in motorcycle? No, as in pedal bike. So so a lot of NBA seven footers post-career, because you do want to stay fit on some level, well, they can't run. You can't go to the treadmill. Your body's taken a beating. Yeah. So they've taken to biking. And there's one manufacturer in particular that makes a special bike for taller human beings for like six nine and above and mark eaton was out at a an nba function and this group happened to be there and he took a tour on the bike and he took to it and he became an excellent bike cyclist i guess should be the best way to say it and he was in a tragic cycling accident in utah it's the second one the other one was sean bradley he became paralyzed. Bradley no
3: longer with us? Bradley
2: paralyzed. Sean Bradley's paralyzed from the waist down, I believe. And uh Mark Eaton passed away in a tragic cycle.
3: Another accident. Utah resident, Sean yep. Bradley out of BYU, seven feet seven. Yep. Don Nelson felt as though he was just gonna be the greatest thing yeah. ever. Doing yeah, exactly. To get him.
2: But finish the point on Nelly, he would create mismatches by having like uh Hardaway guard Mark Eaton. Because they didn't want Stockton alone beating them all the time, so yeah. they they figured you have to throw it into Eaton. We could double down on him and figure out how to steal it from him. So Nelly was great at making the mismatches. That was always fun to watch. Chico, when we continue, you're starting the last half hour of Devon and Coes. More phone calls leading up to the one o'clock hour when we get Kyle Madsen and Whitey Gleason. That's all coming up right here, all day, all Warriors, all the time. Tip off at six with Tim Roy on your proud home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com. Thompson
2: with 7 to shoot, a minute 10 to go in the game. Warriors up 7. Clay, dribble drive, throws out to Curry, steps to his left, takes the 3, got it! 122-112 Warriors. Now back to 95-7, the game. And that's after the Dallas Mavericks had a fantastic game, right? And it's still Warriors getting the job done. Do you expect it again today? I think a lot of fans, I was just checking Twitter. You can get me at KozNBCS, at KOZNBCS. Um, a lot of fans are like, you know what? Win today, win game four, let's go to the finals. And I get it. Um, I think this team certainly can do it. It will take a huge performance today by the entire Dallas Mavericks team. And if they're going to get one, if Dallas gets one, today is the day that they get that one game. That's my belief, Dan. I, I don't have high hopes if I'm a Dallas fan, but today is my best opportunity to get one against the Warriors.
3: I've never been one of those people to give predictions or series is over in five or four or six. I just stay away from that entirely. But as I watch this series unfold, I just can't. I can't comprehend. I can't even envision Dallas winning a basketball game, as ridiculous as that sounds. I know right. it's the Western Conference Finals. I just don't know how it how it happens. You hit 21 threes. Maybe if you hit 33s. Maybe if Luka goes for 50 instead of 40. Maybe if – I mean, it's just – and even at that, I don't know if it's enough. And it's not as though the – quite frankly, in the first two games, it's not as though the Warriors were playing lights out. I mean, they had some good games. But it's not as though – I mean – Clayton score in the first half of game one. Draymond fouls out of game two. It's not like they're playing their best basketball, and as a result, Dallas has no chance. So, I don't know. I, I'm Again, I'm not one of those guys that's going to give you a prediction, but with that being said, this is over in the next two games.
2: I'm the opposite. I give different predictions on different shows. I just keep predicting, and then, <laughs> and then I eventually go with the one I got right. So, you know, if I'm doing a show in Dallas as a guest – I got the Mavericks, you know, clearly winning game three and shocking the world in six. You know, it's going to be like four straight wins. And then if I'm doing a, you know, a different day part here, like if I was working yesterday, I would, you yeah, know, would would the all oh, the Warriors going to win, but it's going to be, you know, it's a four game sweep. And today it's going to be at seven. It's going to be at seven. So that's what I do, Dan.
3: <laughs> what was, what's great is because I don't think the audience ever – does it, the audience ever call you on the stuff? They have the shortest memory, right?
2: That's a great point. That's why you can get away with saying just about anything you want. Uh, now, right. unfortunately, many of our audience members have the Odyssey app, and you can always mm-hmm. download the podcast, and you can realize that, mm-hmm. hey, wait a minute, you just said one thing this hour, and then three hours later you said something else.
3: See, these are the tricks of the trade. <laughs> Jim Cosimore just telling us how to – how to survive in this industry
2: looking for, you know, we're going to, I agree with you on that. My friend, we're going to get into the future and what, this is how bad it's been. This is how how confident I am. The Warriors are going to win. I want to look at Miami or Boston as a next opponent. That's how confident I am. The Warriors are going to win, but I'm confident that Chico in Brentwood is going to join us and talk about Clay Thompson and and Chico uh, Clay. What does he need to do? Or what does he mean for the Warriors in the series?
0: Hey guys, good afternoon. Happy Sunday, Sunday. It's actually Chico, not Chico, but oh. um, yeah. Wanted to talk about Clay Thompson. Obviously, coming off the injuries, he's not the same defensive player, right? But do you guys think, with the off season coming up, the full off season, playing more games, do you guys think he could be that lockdown defender, or did those injuries completely take the take that away from, from him?
2: You know, injuries. Listen. If there are, and thanks, we appreciate the call. And injuries are noticed by Warrior fans to slowing guys down, right? And it's obvious that Clay, we, we've seen it on the text line today, Dan. There are Warrior fans who say, you know what, Clay's not the same guy. But he wasn't expected to be the same guy. He's older now, and I think in obviously in ways smarter. And the injuries that he's had are going to slow any athlete down but he overcomes them by understanding what he does best and doing those things. That's the game. He's not going to be the, the lockdown defender that he was prior to blowing out the knee and then blowing out the Achilles. None of these
3: guys are the same player. And I don't think it has anything to do with the injury as much as what you just said, is that you lose a half step, especially defensively, especially the way the game's being played these days. Everybody's getting further and further away from the hoop. So somebody wants to back you out and take you out on the wing and you're You know, you're 25 feet from the hoop. They're looking to cross you over. Staying in front of guys at the point of attack. I I mean, that's a difficult thing to do in the game in 2022. It's not the injury so much. I'm sure that plays a role. But, yeah, you're spot on, He's He's almost three years older since the last time we saw him. I know. And that's the world he's living in.
2: And remember when we last saw him before the injury in the Toronto series, he was leaving it all out there. That guy was leaving it all out there on every possession at both ends of the floor. And then he has the knee injury and it was just so sad because it really was a, a difficult thing to have to kind of get through.
3: You know, to that point, we're talking about extending windows in Chicago. You made the good analogy between the Warriors yeah. and Chicago and that you you won three in a row or you went to five consecutive NBA finals. You won two in a row and then of course, you know, you didn't get the three Pete. And then you take this two two year break. And the Chicago Bears, or I'm sorry, the Chicago Bulls did something very similar. Do you think by them being injured, and you never want that to happen, but inadvertently that has as much to do with this elongated window? Because if you played that much basketball as Clay did, I mean, think about all the basketball these guys played in the postseason, and then they'd play in the off season, whether it's the Olympics or international play. But getting hurt, and, and Steph missed time with a broken wrist as well, Has that provided as much to what it is that we're witnessing as anything else?
2: The five-year window of them going to the finals, if you counted the number of games that were played at that time, they had played 82 playoff games in the five-year span. So in the span of five seasons, they played six seasons of games. So the wear and tear on their bodies was more than the average NBA player goes through. That's how difficult it was. And yes, I do think... In some ways, that could have led to some of the injuries, but in some ways, those injuries that they did sustain and those slowdown periods that they had to have naturally, I think it does elongate the window a little bit, and we see it in other sports as well. When they'll rest a pitcher for a month, I got a little arm tired. it's a I got a tired arm. It's not, I don't have a live arm. Sit him down for a couple of weeks because you know it's a long five, six-month season that we're going to play for, so Yes. I do think that the injuries have elongated the window. We just didn't know that the greatness – listen, Steph is 34 years old. We did not know that greatness of Steph was going to continue at the age of 34. We did not know Clay was going to be able to come back from two major injuries and be as effective as he is. And we didn't know that Draymond Green could do the same with a career that was fabulous and frustrating at the same time, but it has all worked together. So I think your point is spot on that this thing is longer than it maybe would have been because of that two-year window of mishaps that they went
3: through. I would even relegate it to year by year. When Steph Curry, as he's prone to do at age 34, going out with an injury, he went out with an injury this year. Oh, it was Marcus Smart, speaking of which, that landed on his foot. Remember that? Yep. Some people thought it was a cheap shot. Regardless, he goes out for about a good month. I think that goes a long way in terms of having fresh legs for the postseason. Same with Draymond, missed a good month, month and a half of the season. You don't want that to happen in the here and now, right? You're like, can't lose guys due to injury. But in the long term, in the overview, the 30,000 feet above, would be the best thing that happens to your team.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and again, if you knew that a guy was going to twist an ankle and he would be able to come back and have that ankle not affect his play, you'd go, all right, I'm fine with it. It's the angst of, uh-oh – It's an ankle twist. Was it a dirty play? Some people remember the time when Steph only was known for twisting his ankles. And remember when Joe Lacob gave him... Four years and $44 million (laughs) on the twisted ankle. He had the bad ankle, and we were all on the air saying, is he getting a secret surgery? He'll never be able to play 82 games. Is he going to wear a special shoe? He should wear the high boxer shoe. We had weeks and weeks of conversations about that stuff and how Lacob was a fool to give him four years and $44 million for an injured athlete. Two years in, everyone was yelling at Lacob for getting a, you know, he's getting off cheap, giving Steph just, to $11 million a year. How dare he? He should be giving stuff 10 times more than that. Well, it came out washed out in the end. Everything worked out fine. But the injury thing did, I think, elongate this window for this team. And we are right now in the middle of it. And when I look at the team's remaining, Dan, I might start to put my uh, – and I don't know where the parade will be, but I might put my – my lawn Market, street. Out. You going Market Street. You well, go Market Street. Remember, it's always been in Oakland. Wow, well, it's not Oakland. No, no, I know they're not. They're, this would be their first San Francisco championship.
3: Maybe. What is the street that runs along? Is that third? That's not Third Avenue. Third uh, goes
2: alongside yeah, Oracle so Park, in front of the stadium that I'm right tr- down by UCSF.
3: Well, no, the one that's right in front of. You know, right in front of Oracle, formerly Pac Bell, and the one that obviously goes alongside the piers, oh, oh, I
2: know what you want. I know. Uh, that's the Embarcadero. Embarcadero. Yeah, right. Do it there? I don't know. I'm not against it, but I'm telling you, wherever it is, I'm getting ready to put my lawn chairs out.
3: Yeah, I don't go to those things. The idiot factor is just through the roof. <laughs> I'm Sorry. Are you kidding me? That's know, some of the greatest times know, ever. Unless you give me seats on stage or I got my own suite. I, yeah, there's 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 too many idiots.
2: I don't know if you'll get on stage, but you'll probably be on the uh, 95-7 the game float.
3: Oh, all right. give me on a
2: float. That could be. I can wave. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I think there's a chance you could be on the 95-7 the oh, game yeah. float. Oh, yeah, if there's a float. No, put me on that thing. If I should, I'm saying if the Warriors win it. When the Warriors win the title. I am now, I am official Bonte Lacob status. My buddy Bonte, who is Joe Lacob's new son, he is, I'm telling you, that guy is, that guy's, he's got to be mowing Joe's lawn. He is Mr. (laughs) Warrior. My guy Bonte, I see him in the NBC newsroom. I'm always joking with him. like, hey, what are you? Are you Bonte Lacob today? Wait, you're his new son. That's hilarious. And, uh, but, uh, Bonte was the first guy to jump on the bandwagon of this team, and he and I have been going back and forth. I'm all in on this thing. Warriors are going to win the crown. When they do... You know what? I am going to be there to uh, enjoy the experience because this is an unlikely run at this juncture.
3: Yeah, this one is – got how does this one f- – if you were to compare the previous championships just emotionally, this one's got to – I mean, this, this, one, one, this one hits different.
2: I think it does. Nothing compares to the first because it's the first, and it's the first for this group. I know longtime Warrior fans – It was one in the 70s with Rick Barry. The first, I think, will always be the sweetest of the juice. What's the next sweetest? What's the next sweetest? This is it. It might be this. So are we saying that should they win the crown this year, of the four they will have won, the two Durant titles would be three and four on the list. Think about that.
3: Well, if you think about those years, remember the beginning of the season, you're like, well, the Warriors are going to the NBA Finals. Right. I mean, this sojourn has just been the ebb and
2: flow on this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with
3: the injuries that we've talked about and the uncertainty, the age of these players, and then to get there this way, I mean, this is this has got to be the most
2: unlikely and the most satisfying. I would think. I would. You know what? If I'm a Warrior fan, 888 uh, 957 That's the uh, Xfinity mobile text line. It's our phone number as well. If you were to look at the championships, you get one this year. Because if I start to look down the road, I do think they deposit Dallas. I've been saying most likely in five. I think if you look at the next round, the Boston-Miami scenario, Miami is beat up. Yes, they're physical. Yes, they're tough defensively. Yes, they'll change the pace of the game. Yes, they're not afraid to bang with the Golden State Warriors. They might get under Draymond's skin. But I don't think I'm as worried about Miami as I might be against Boston. I'm just thinking it through. I'm trying to think it through on the fly on this one. Tatum can be a one-man wrecking crew. Right? Smart, solid. They're deep. Even with that said, I don't see anyone matching up with the Golden State Warriors. It was Memphis. Memphis was – you're right. Memphis was the team.
3: That was it. That was your NBA championship if you wanted one. I think you're right. In terms of the biggest challenge.
2: How crazy is that to say? And and I'm not so certain – In fact, I will tell you right now, I would have picked Phoenix if it was Phoenix getting out of the Dallas series. Why are you so big on the Suns? I think I bought into the – I think I drank the Suns, the Valley Kool-Aid, of they got to the finals last year. Chris Fall had finally tasted some of what it was like to get there, and now he was so honed in that it was going to happen for them this time. I thought they were going to be the champions this year. They had another great regular season. I thought it was all coming together. I didn't know all this backstory of what the problems were. And that's why I bought in it. That's why I thought well, you they were a the better team.
3: I mean, you weren't alone. That that's clearly was the odds-on favorite. I think going into the postseason.
2: Yes, yes.
3: But there's, you know, the, as much as we talk about the emotion of Draymond Green, mm-hmm. it seemed as though at the end of the day they were just so void of how. I mean, how do you? I can't get over. And maybe it's sort of the infighting we're not privy to. How a team at home in a game seven, in this day and age, not only loses but loses like that. I I, don't, I I can't recall anything like
2: that. I cannot recall a total collapse that they had, which makes you believe that those those problems are bigger than even the small ones that are getting out right now. To have such a total collapse, and that's why when you said you know when you start to look into the crystal ball at the future, who are going to be the teams the Warriors are going to have to deal with in the coming years. Will it be Denver? Because there's word that their architect might be leaving to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. A guy by the name of Tim Connolly has been their executive VP for a number of years and built it all. And he's the guy who drafted Jokic at number five, was it 41, somewhere in the second round. And he's the two-time MVP. So Connolly might be leaving Denver. Does that change the way they're going to be built and how much money the ownership group is going to put into that team? Is Phoenix at the end of their very brief window of opportunity? Dallas is what Dallas is. Did Utah's window of opportunity, and I thought at the start of the year, Utah was going to be a real deal team. They're cooked. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, there's word that they're going to have to get rid of, whether it's Mitchell. Yeah, or Gobert. Or, yeah. And that's their team. That's what they have. So... I'm going to be intrigued at what is out there in the Western Conference. You
3: know, it's not those guys, the teams that you're missing out on. Yeah. Is that you got to go a little bit deeper than that. you got to go a little bit further in terms of the the lower rung of the ladder. Right. It's teams like the Pelicans. It's teams like Minnesota and that nut Anthony Edwards and Cat and those young players. I don't see D'Angelo Russell's not a really good fit, but there are pieces there that, you know, some of these teams that have been bottom dwelling for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, that's Those are the teams that that you should be afraid of. And, of course, Memphis. Memphis is for real. And Memphis isn't going anywhere. Memphis has got a GM who's 33 years of age. Talk about young GMs. Oof. That is, you know, They're going to be ensconced as sort of that threat to the Warriors. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. It's all a matter of how much their owner is willing to spend to keep that team together. And they did say at the end of the season they are going to spend to keep this current group together right now. But, man, they've. When you get there's a point where that threshold of pain is we know we're here in order to get to where we want to be. It's going to cost us a little bit more. Do we keep those same guys together or do we try to get do we remove some of the parts? It's the same question you were asking a couple of hours ago about the Warriors Big Three. At what point do you have to make the critical decisions on their future? Memphis is in a different level of making that critical decision. How much longer do you keep the current crew together? Do you think they just get better together collectively? to compete against the Golden State Warriors, or do I have to make a tactical decision of a high-priced guy, get rid of him for a moderate-priced guy so I can add two of those pieces? Memphis is in a very tricky space right now. And that I do, I, I am scared of them, though, if they can get the mix right.
3: Yeah, I think that you only have to encounter that if you sort of level off. I haven't seen them hit the level-off point. They're still ascending up the mountain. Right. And every year it's, it's growth, it's maturity, and it's a level of experience that they can build on. And that should be scary for everybody out there in the Western Conference. Certainly, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. To agree.
2: Let's do it. Let's get out to. Or do you um, Berkeley. have something against Berkeley. I do. Bunch of hippies.
3: <laughs>
0: Bunch I'll of hippies up, out there.
2: I know. Scotty, do not take that. Scotty's my guy. Out. I love Scotty. Scotty's my guy. Well, he, he knows he, that.
0: He knows. I. He knows I don't take that personally. <laughs> you know, give it, give it, You know, of course, I've. You know, I think Jim also knows I'm kind of like
2: the contradiction in terms in Berkeley. But that's yes. beside the point. I think so. I know. Um, True, Dad, brother. How you doing, Jim? We're doing well. Haven't talked in a while, my friend. I don't know if you've been traveling. I know I haven't been around quite as much, but I uh, I know you have. Oh, uh... I'm
0: getting ready to travel.
2: Oh my goodness! Can you tell us oh. where you're going, or do you have to keep that on the DL?
0: Mazaru
3: Lesoto. One oh. more time. Mazaru Lesoto.
2: Mazaru Lesoto. Is that in this planet? I know. What hemisphere that is that?
0: Is it's an enclave country within South Africa.
2: Oh. Okay,
3: wow. So, that's, so that's, you know, when we talk about the Warriors and the titles, wait, can I? I'm sorry. So Cape Town, and then
2: where is it? We the, got you're two going. minutes in the show. Two minutes left, oh, so yeah, we got a lot going Warriors, on here. Get the Warriors. Get, give me Warriors, Scotty. That's my bad. <laughs> okay. The thing is with the, the thing is with the Warriors,
0: and I look. I'll always hold the two Durant titles in this team because I look at Kevin coming here, and it's kind of like when Philadelphia signed Moses Malone in '82 you know we had the you know the five the last 5 minutes of game 7 just caused the whole thing and on top of everything else let's face it lebron and the cavs were insufferable through from the point that they won the title all the way up until i want to say the Martin their king day in 2017 when they got beat by 35 here so it, you know i mean i just kind of, i just kind of go no i mean i would have brought – I have no problem with Kevin coming here for the two titles. If they pulled this off, and, you know, I'm saying if, I won't say this kind of compares to when Kobe won his last title and they asked him, what did it, what did it mean to you? And he said, well, I've got one more than Shaq.
2: Because <laughs> I don't,
0: well, I don't, you know, obviously, I don't think they want to say that, to say that in relation to Kevin.
2: Hey, we got to cut I, it. Hey, you know, and I, I, and I know it. you got to, and I appreciate it, Scotty. I know I love when you call, but we're down to the wire here. We're down to 30 seconds. So we got to run. Hey, no thanks very much. Yeah, no t- t- we'll no talk problem. next time. Take care. Yeah, good job. And safe travels, Bye. my friend. Safe travels. All right, we're out of here pretty soon. Uh, what do you got the rest of the day? Anything good going on? You know, I didn't sleep well
3: last night. So I've got to go do some, uh, some shopping. I've got, you know, I have another, you know, another. Profession, and I got a meeting coming up here, a Zoom meeting wow, coming up later this, this afternoon, and then I'm and then I'm hunkered down and watching the game.
2: You're nonstop, exactly. I've got a bunch of uh, graduation parties to go to, and then I'm going to enjoy some sporting activity this evening. That's going to do it. Double D, it's great to meet you. Yeah, and work with you as well. Yeah, and Brian, this is what you look like. Excellent job for the great Dan Devone. I am Jim Cosmore, Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason on the way on your home of the Warriors, ninety-five-seven. The game.